0: This nation, welcome to the first weekly roll-ups round. I am Ryan Sean Adams. I'm here with David Hoffman, my host, and we are doing a weekly roll-up. David, why don't you tell the folks what roll-ups round are going to be?
1: Yeah, the the crypto world is insane. It moves way too fast, and so we don't really have enough time to talk about it. And so, what are we doing? We're rolling them up. We're rolling them up. We're going to bundle everything that happens into a week into a 30 minute episode. We have five categories that we're going to spend five minutes on each and then a little bit at the end of what we are excited about. But we are trying to get as much information into injected into your guys' brains as fast as possible. And that's exactly what roll-ups do. And so hence, roll-up rounds. So if you want to
0: catch up on the week that just happened in crypto, tune in on Fridays. That's when we're releasing this. We're actually doing a simultaneously simultaneous release on both YouTube, so you can catch us there. We're going to have graphics. We're going to show you graphs, that sort of thing. It will also be published on the podcast on Friday morning for you podcast listeners. So you can enjoy the everything that happened in crypto for the previous week on Friday morning with your morning coffee roll-up round, and morning coffee sounds pretty good to me. Absolutely. Let's get right into it. What are we rolling up first, Ryan? All right, well, so we've got five categories, right? So we've got market, what's the market saying? We've got releases, what got released? We've got news, what's happening in the news? We've got some hot takes. And then lastly, we're going to end with what you are, what we are excited about. So uh, first, we've got market. What is the market saying? David, we've got five minutes. I'm gonna start the, uh, the timer in five minutes to keep us honest here. And let's talk about the first items, which is
1: Bitcoin and ETH price. Yeah, Bitcoin yeah. is at 11500 Ether is at $378, kind of being relatively flat, I would say. Uh, but there are some really cool things going on behind the scenes. Uh, namely, uh, along with this, uh, is the Bitcoin hash rate is at an all-time high. And so while, you know, prices, this is the first time Bitcoin has really sustained above $10,000, which is bullish in of itself. But, you know, it's been here for a while, it's been pretty flat. But hash rate is at an all time high. And historically, what is, something that's interesting about miners is that miners tend to be really good traders. And so when, when they sell Bitcoin and when they don't sell Bitcoin, has historically been really strong signals as to what's been about to happen next. So no lack of conviction on behalf of the miners. David, why should we care about hash
0: rate? It's always been like a, a metric that's like, Kind of close to the, the bottom of my list of, of things I personally look up. I, I like to look at like minor revenue, that sort of thing,
1: mm-hmm. but hash rate matters, right? Why does it matter? Yeah, hash rate is like the shield around Bitcoin, right? And also around Ethereum during its proof of work phase, right? It's the height of the wall that any attacker has to get over. Right, and you, know, you are as a miner compensated for being a part of that wall, right? Adding a brick to the wall. And, and also what, what hashrate is a really good signal of is skin in the game bets, right? So like nobody has more at stake Than uh, with regards to the Bitcoin price, than miners do, right? So, miners are the most convicted party in Bitcoin's system, right? And so, paying attention to what miners are doing is really important. And what miners are doing are accumulating more mining hash power, which is why hash power is at an all time high. So, miners are bullish.
0: So, we've got Bitcoin price above 10K around uh, 11,500. We've got ETH price at 30. uh, $380. So they're both kind of hanging in mm-hmm. range, but like haven't had a precipitous fall lately. No. Pretty bullish, I would say. At least they're, they're hanging in there through some of this market uncertainty. Let's talk about total locked value. That's another metric that we like to look at, particularly in DeFi. So you can look at it in two ways. The first is total locked value of US dollars. We're at 11.3 billion right now. Mm-hmm. This is like super close to
1: our all-time high total locked value in defi protocols. What does that mean? Yeah, I think the total was the the peak was 12.2 or something and you know then then defi took a big tumble, but the fact that we are still at 11, you know, 11 plus I think is so bullish. Uh you know, yield farming seems to have taken, you know, a backseat, all the liquidity mining's paused. People aren't like cropping up farms left and right. Yet the total value locked in defi continues to just march up a goddamn mountain it does it does not seem this like is it's the going mountain. to you at see all. this yeah this is crazy like if you
0: zoom out and see the the one year on mm-hmm. this it is charging up that mountain
1: yeah and and maybe i'm biased but i think that if you know we can just extrapolate that what that that slope looks like so much further many many more months into the future so i'm excited for when uh, defi us dollar value locked in defi breaks 100 billion uh, in 2021 all right.
0: So that's hanging in there, even though DeFi assets themselves have experienced some, some um, decline recently, some as high as 50% or more. Also, ETH locked in DeFi is hanging in there too. So there's mm-hmm. 8.7 million ETH locked in DeFi. You know, mm-hmm. that's around like 7-8% of all of uh, Ether supplies is now locked and that, that's right. hanging pretty steady. I, I would say that's bullish for our thesis around economic bandwidth, wouldn't you?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I'm going to be really interested to see what happens when staking goes live. Uh, I don't think it'll have much impact at the start. But for some reason, I feel like, uh, you know, ETH staking is actually going to add more Ether into DeFi um, because of the yields that are possible to be uh, able to be extracted by DeFi based on the fact that Ether staking offers yields in the first place.
0: We also have Tornado Cash, which mm-hmm. is uh, doing more and more. This is a a private um, solution for private transactions on Ethereum. They did two
1: point mm-hmm. seven million in volume last week. That's pretty. That's pretty good. Right. So what what we're looking at here is how many people are using Tornado Cash in a twenty four hour, uh, you know, at, at a twenty four hour level, right? So uh, so
0: it was twenty four hour, not uh point seven million in 24 hours. Wow. Yes. Okay. That's right. Even yeah.
1: Yeah. And so like, so there were 66 transactions that you put a hundred ether into the hundred ether batch in Tornado Cash, which means that you can get, you know, you can hide in a crowd of 66 other people uh, in with a hundred ether and then come out and come out of that crowd, like totally obfuscated. Uh, and, you know, that, that you can stay in that crowd for as long as you want. So like it's 66 people the one day, and then it's gonna be 120 the next day, 180 the next day. But the crowd in Tornado Cash is really strong. And so this is a, a privacy tool, right? Like we need a lot of ether and we need a lot of people in Tornado Cash as this like thing that can help people enter and exit in a private manner.
0: David, we just hit our time for the market section. One last thing I'll throw out is in the Bankless newsletter, uh, Ben published uh, Ben Ben Benjamin Cohen published a brilliant piece on when Bitcoin move Moon that sort of predicts the the longer term of Bitcoin using his predictive models and data science. Fantastic piece, check that out. We'll include it in the show notes today. Let's get to the next topic. What got released this week? We've got five more minutes on that. What should we start with?
1: I think we should start with uh, the protocol sync thesis, which is Uniswap on TradingView. I'm not sure this is kind of an atypical protocol sync thesis take, but I think it fits. I'm counting it. Are you counting it? (laughs) I'm counting it. But what is TradingView for people who haven't used it? Yeah, TradingView is kind of the go to place to look at charts, right? And they have charts from all different markets, all different assets and, and like are definitely leading the world with crypto charts. And they integrated their first DEX, right, with Uniswap. So now you can use Uniswap or use TradingView to chart things on Uniswap, right? So, you know, I've noticed a ton of traders who have gotten into the DeFi space in the last three or four months. I'm sure they are absolutely uh, stoked about this release.
0: Yeah, like this is a mainstream kind of trading, uh, you know, graphing and analytics uh, piece Mm -hmm. of software that, that everyone uses. If you're trading stocks, if you're trading bonds, no matter what you're trading, it's like it's like universally used and it's absolutely fantastic. And now they're integrating Uniswap. So if you type in Uniswap colon, you get to see all of the high, I think this is rated by um, the the most liquidity Mm. of markets on Uniswap. It's like, it's like, just like a, uh, an exchange that Mm -hmm. just as they would incorporate a centralized exchange, now they're incorporating Uniswap. I'd say that's pretty, uh, that's compelling evidence for the protocol sync thesis, which basically states, that these incredibly neutral protocols will kind of sink to the bottom and become the mm-hmm. basis of a lot of other things. Uh, what else should we talk about in the the new releases? What else happened?
1: Something that's pretty cool is that uh, Wi-Fi and balancer governance uh, or, or has been added to Maker Collateral or I think there's a governance uh, vote for this. And so if you okay. are a Wi-Fi holder or if you're a balancer holder and maybe you are also an MKR holder, you should go vote in the Maker Governance to get your Wi-Fi or balancer integrated as collateral in maker dow it's good to see those capital DeFi capital
0: assets in there instead of like something like usdc which is like a centralized mm-hmm. stable coin. that's pretty uh I'm, I'm glad maker is moving in that direction now the better assets are on uh ethereum agreed all right um danny ryan's got something so bounty program for eth2 what's what's that about
1: yeah. So this is the it, it, this is an open uh, invitation for people who want to try and filibuster ETH two. And so if you can if you think like you can find <laughs> something to. to stop ETH two, there is a bounty available. I believe there's a, a fifty thousand dollar reward for a a critical bug discovery. Uh, and so there's a bunch of different things that you can try and figure out how to how to poke holes in Ethereum, and there's a bunch of financial rewards to do this, right? Uh, and so re- really good to see this out and running. This is, is starting to, to generate that honeypot where it says, like, I dare you to, to crack eth too. Like, yeah. you can't do oh, it, I dare you. Ho- hopefully we iron those things out. This is a good way to do a bug
0: bounty. Also, this was huge, man. Huge. A MetaMask, the wallet, I, like everyone in DeFi, everyone on the Bankless journey uses MetaMask. They just exceeded 1 million users, not just users, monthly mm-hmm. active right. users. That means there are 1 million
1: monthly active users of DeFi protocols. That's pretty huge. That's huge. And I think this is a much better metric than the Uni airdrop, right? So the Uni airdrop happened to like 150,000 wallets. Uh, you know, which means like 150,000 people interacted with Uniswap, but I had more than one wallet. And so like, we should probably cut that number in at least by half, (laughs) but this is different. This is monthly active users. And so, you know, not fewer people, fewer people have like multiple computers that they use MetaMask on and most people just have one. And so, you know, I'm going to go ahead and call this as like pretty accurate data for, you know, how often people use Ethereum uh, or excuse me, how many different people use Ethereum. So, you know, fantastic numbers showing by the metamask team yeah
0: absolutely they're also rolling out a swap which is pretty cool hopefully we're going to talk more about that next week we've got two other things david but we've got like 30 seconds so mm-hmm. i'm going to cover this one really quick this is the the zinc and test net this is the eth2 test net that rolled out without a hitch mm-hmm. which is a good sign that eth2 is going to be coming i guess the next thing we're we're really waiting for is a release date from the ETH2 dev team, so Mm -hmm. uh, bullish there. Also, you wanted to talk about the block and their new metrics that they rolled out.
1: What's cool here? Yeah, the block just rolled out their on-chain metrics page, uh, really stepping into the world of data, like chain visualizations and chain data. So they have Bitcoin and, and Ethereum. They also have like, and I think they're really leading the game here. They also have like stats on you know, stable coins, stats on like on-chain lending, stats on, on uh, AMMs and uh, DEXs and volume. And so I think this is gonna maybe become like my go-to spot to see like data about Ethereum. Yeah, I need to totally dig into this. This is fantastic. We'll include a link in the show notes.
0: All right, we've done market. We've done releases. We're doing okay on time. We've got five more minutes, maybe four
1: for news. What's in the news? Where do you want to start? I think the big thing is Grayscale. Grayscale just reported their biggest quarter ever, which is a piece of news that we are coming to be used to from Grayscale as this is the third quarter in a row that they have posted their biggest quarter ever, right? Uh, and so they, they have experienced over a billion dollars of flows into their crypto products, which that is is, so That's crazy. a really big number. That's a uh, big the, number. The Ethereum market cap is $40 billion. And so like one fortieth of Ethereum has flowed through Grayscale in just one quarter of a year. right? Yeah. And so what's, what I think the numbers that st- uh, stood out to me is that Every week on average, $55 billion gets put into Grayscale uh, into the Bitcoin trust and and $15.6 million per week gets added to the Ethereum trust. Every single week, that's how much people are buying of these assets using Grayscale as like a, I don't know what to call them, like an intermediary service. Yeah,
0: I don't love Grayscale because of the fees, but I do love that they are onboarding basically Mm -hmm. the institutions. People always talk about when are the institutions coming? Well, they're here. They're doing a billion Mm-hmm. Uh, a quarter into, into crypto money protocols. I think that's, uh, that's super bullish. Um, you can buy grayscale assets, of course, in your Fidelity account, so it's mm-hmm. connected that way. So it's a, it's a decent, it's not bankless, but it's a decent way to onboard into a at least central bankless right. uh, monetary system. So bullish yeah. news there. Let's yeah, good, talk about something.
1: distinction, I like that distinction.
0: Yeah, well, so let's talk about something that's maybe less bullish, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is mm-hmm. um, the, the, the DOG. So the Department of Justice released an
1: 83-page crypto framework. I haven't read all 83 pages, have you? I don't know. I, don't, I have not, and I don't intend to. However, the, <laughs> very, the very front page is worth reading. Uh, and also, Jake uh, uh put a great tweet thread together, which really distills down the whole thing. So he read it, and he did the, the legwork for you. So we recommend yeah. that tweet thread to go understand what the hell they're talking about.
0: Absolutely. And, um, you know, we had Jake on... Uh, I guess a couple of weeks ago um, on State of the Nation. He was fantastic. Like, listen to that episode. Yep. And uh, we talk about those themes, but I I just want to maybe pull up one of his his tweet threads here. Mm -hmm. Um, This is kind of the takeaway. So this is, Jake is, um, he's optimistic, but he's also, I guess, uh, understands the risk. He, you know, Mm -hmm. works in DC, understands the risk of what could be happening. And he said, sort of on the back of some of the actions of the DOJ, Um, I fear we're heading for a world where withdrawing crypto from exchanges to self-custody is restricted as a means of Uh, attacking privacy, that means you wouldn't be able to withdraw from your exchange without that exchange being AML KYC identified. That would mean we'd have two separate crypto markets, one for clean coins and another for dirty self-sovereign runs, the bankless coins Mm -hmm. and the the clean coins that are regulator approved. That is not a world that I want to live in that Mm -hmm. feels very authoritarian. Um, That could be the case if our boomer lawmakers who don't Mm -hmm. understand this stuff get their way. So that is something that Jake and crew are fighting against. uh, But we have to be vigilant on this. Yeah. Anything else you'd say on that?
1: Yeah, just to put an image into people's minds. Think of like, you know, what, what they are proposing is that, you know, Bitcoin, Ether, these assets are here. But we can still gate how people use them, right? So imagine like Coinbase or PayPal. They let you buy and send Bitcoin, but they only let you buy and send Bitcoin to people that also have a PayPal account, right? Right. That's, that's what Jake fears uh, is. And that just ruins the whole point of crypto, right? And so uh, there, let it be known, there is a war coming that we are going to have to fight in this industry. Yep, absolutely. And I do think
0: the DeFi protocols are the... Uh... The surest bet we have, the best hope we have of that, of this system not becoming totally banked. Um, Hey, we've got 30 seconds for this last one.
1: Uh, Mm -hmm. China is doing an airdrop. What's that about? They're airdropping their, their fiat to some of their citizens. Yeah. And and I, let it be known that like, you know, everyone loved Uniswap when Uniswap airdropped them their currency. So like this is a really strong move by China. The first one to get out the gate with a central bank digital currency. You know, one thing I, r- I read about in a book recently is how, you know, the West doesn't pay attention to the technology going on in China but yep. China absolutely pays attention to the technology going on in the West. And so they we are agree. at a huge disadvantage with informational asymmetry between like what we are doing versus what China is doing. China knows what's up, and we're not watching them. China yep. has a, a central bank digital currency that is going directly to its citizens' phones, which, I mean, bullish for crypto, bullish for adoption, also really bullish for authoritarianism. Right, like Which is so, like you know, what I'm worried about is like using uh, China using this airdrop money or like you know the MMT that's inevitably coming as like a tool for compliance.
0: Yeah, I mean, so you just open up your wallet, right? They make it super easy. You press okay. a few buttons and you get an airdrop, free money from mm-hmm. the government, right, to your account, just for adopting this new digital. Um, it's it, I wouldn't call it a cryptocurrency. It's uh, it's digital money, but it's completely centrally controlled by China. They can freeze your account. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's, you know, the, the, the Chinese currency. So, you know, central bank controls all of that. Definitely not what we mean when we say crypto, but uh, yeah. in a way, they're, they're very smart for moving in this direction. David, okay, so we've gone through news. Those are the top news items. We have less time, but uh, some hot takes. What's on your
1: mind? Yeah, the what is on my mind? I think the first thing that's on my mind is the, uh, what you and I are calling the tweet heard around the world. I think it's a fantastic <laughs> and very illustrative tweet. Ryan, you wanted to give us the sit rep with this one?
0: Yeah, you know, Pomp, um, Pomp like, tweeted something out. Like Anthony Pompliano, who has a podcast, is fairly podcast. well-known in the space. Big podcast. Big you know. Um, and he tweeted something out that basically said... Uh, Uncle Uncle Jeff could shut this whole thing down, this whole thing, meaning Ethereum, Jeff, if Bezos, he, of Jeff Bezos, and all DeFi if he wanted to, because he was infer- implying that all of DeFi was somehow hosted in AWS. I don't engage with those types of tweets because, you know, possibly Papa's doing it for engagement himself. Uh, so I, I generally don't respond to kind of trolling, but someone tagged me and it was like, hey, Ryan, is this true, right? Mm-hmm. And I, it felt like that individual earnestly wanted to know. Right. So um, I said, no, it's not true. In fact, it's bullshit. Right. Um, and then Pomp kind of replied in thread and sort of challenged me on that. And he was like, hey, if the government threatened to arrest Hayden, who mm-hmm. is the, the uh, court, like the founder and de- mm-hmm. a, a primary developer of Uniswap, you don't think the government could shut it down? Um, and then that's when Hayden popped in and he right. said this and he mm-hmm. totally ratioed uh, on the tweet. That means you got more tweets than, than pump on this. It's an immutable smart contract on Ethereum. I have no ability to turn it off. I could try tweeting, can everyone please stop trading though? But
1: that wouldn't work, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So, so people who aren't in Twitter culture to ratio someone means that your comment to their tweet ha- out, outdoes them in likes. And like when you are commenting below them, you are deprioritized by Twitter because you know, it's a thread. It's- uh, but so that means when like you get more likes than that person, like it's a big deal because your comment was so good that it ratioed that person. And Pomp's tweet has 53 likes and Hayden Adams has 2,300 likes. That's brutal. It's I've never the, seen a ratio that big. It's the most brutal ratio of Not all Not in crypto. Time. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. So, I
0: mean, what that means is a lot of people like saw Hayden's tweet and were right. like, yeah, that's true. And, right. um, and retweeted it. So right, I, could I feel you like- Imagine
1: this happened in like the bear market in 2018. That would no. have never have happened.
0: No, it was a mac. It was a maximalist agenda. It was mm-hmm. a, lots of different lies about things, and um, yeah, that would have never happened. So you know, uh, people De- coming. DeFi around. is back, baby. Yeah, and we're people like, waking up. Exactly, people waking up. It's it's a good sign to me. All right, let's talk about the next thing. Um, speaking of waking up, yeah, wow, how to take this? I'm I'm super bullish by it in a way, but I'm also like like question mm-hmm. mark. So right. we just talked about the uh, the oppressive uh, government uh, cracking down on things. And this is the CFTC chair uh, attending a conference that you just attended as well and you just spoke at. Mm-hmm. But he said, uh, let me basically say how impressed I am by Ethereum, full stop. This is Chairman Heath, a CFTC chairman. He said this in a, uh, an Ethereum investment conference hosted by Coindesk. Mm-hmm. Um, if you play the video a bit more, he also says he's super bullish on DeFi, actually. He actually mm-hmm. thinks it could have the potential to disrupt finance, Um, So like, what do you make of this, right? Here's CFTC. They just came out with an action against BitMEX, Mm -hmm. but a chairman saying, I am super bullish on DeFi and Ethereum is the next internet. Bitcoin was a one trick pony. Ethereum is the next internet.
1: What does this mean? Yeah, that's literally, well, as a Bitcoiner, that's literally the last thing you want to hear. Right. I am <laughs> cautiously optimistic, but more on the optimistic than the cautious side. I think I what I'm hopeful and optimistic that Heath means when he says that he is impressed by Ethereum is like exactly the opposite of what BitMEX is, right? CFTC just took down BitMEX for being a black box that trades against their customers, right? And right. also violating the Bank Secrecy Act, which also, I guess, DeFi doesn't really solve. But what DeFi does solve is it's the opposite of a black box. It's completely transparent and it, it can't even, it doesn't even not trade against its customers. It can't trade against its customers. So I'm hoping that Heath is seeing that value proposition in DeFi saying like, oh, they're the, you know, you know, where Google had its tagline, don't be evil. DeFi has its tagline can't be evil, right? I think that's what he's referring to and why he's impressed by Ethereum.
0: Yeah, it is bullish. I do think we might have an ally in the CFTC. We'll see if we have an ally in FinCEN, which is the 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 group in the government that uh, you know provides more regulation uh, to like anti money laundering and and um,
1: KYC type of things. All right, last thing. What I'm cautious about is that you know Heath sees the transparency of Ethereum as like a really easy tool to regulate people. That's my bearish take on this.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and that could be the case, which is, uh, I wonder what he'd think of Tornado Cash in that case. And also Aztec, dude, we should jump on that real quick. So scaling solutions are coming out like mad. There were like three that just Mm -hmm. announced last week. We don't have time to talk about them all. In fact, I don't have time to fully grasp them all. It's going to be sort of a survival of the fittest. Mm -hmm. All of these Layer two rollups on Ethereum are going to compete. They're probably going to compete not, not with Ethereum, of course, but directly against the so called ETH killers and other layer one solutions. But here's the graph with a scalable state channel um, layer two on Ethereum. Here is uh, Matter Labs. This is Curve plus uh, ZK Sync. And here is Aztec, the one I read the most about and most excited about, which is a whole layer two scalability the solution. Yeah, that also, but this also all the transactions are private. Um, and there's some way to actually use, um, like privacy on Ethereum Mm -hmm. main chain. I haven't read the details need to investigate more. In fact, maybe we'll ask Vitalik next week when we talk to him. But yeah, these, these, these layer two solutions, the scalability solutions are coming out like crazy. What does that mean?
1: Yeah, and it all, what's also interesting is that there seems to be every single DeFi application has its own like, chosen scalability solution, which kind yeah. of m- makes you think, like, what's left on the main chain? I think <laughs> what's left on the main chain is just, like, packets of- Settlement. Of settlements. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like not any, like it's no longer Uniswap is like 70% of the main chain. Now it's just like the the settlements between these applications are what up, make up the main chain. Uh, yeah. So that's really interesting. I, and I think that's going to be a really interesting conversation that we have with Vitalik who's coming on the podcast where we talk about a roll-up centric version of Ethereum.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. That's takes, let's end with this. David, what are you
1: most excited about? What's going on in your mind that, that that's super exciting these days? Well, since it is Friday when you guys are hearing us, what I am excited about is the ETH online DeFi summit. Uh, We are experimenting in the world of virtual conferences, uh, how to pace them and I think ETH online is doing a really good job of doing you know, they have their uh, Fridays. So one one day a week, they have, uh, you know, a, a slate of topics picked out, which is nice to and instead of just like bundling everything in four days, they're spreading it out over a month. Uh, so really good job. There's a bunch of cool talkers who I'm going to be attending. I'm probably just going to sit in my chair and, and watch it all day tomorrow. Uh, I'm pretty excited about that. Ryan, what are you excited about? I'm excited about the ETH Online. When you click the radio button, you hear this like super chill music
0: and yeah. it's just relaxing. So you just pop up the browser and just listen to it. Yeah. Uh, that was, but, definitely Trent behind that one. I'm gonna get. Yeah. But but more seriously, I am excited about um, like tokens, DeFi tokens in general, right? We came off of a crazy quarter last quarter, and Lucas Campbell, a bankless analyst, put out a fantastic, huge. <laughs> Q3 report of DeFi tokens. You got to check this out. It's published on Bankless right now. 27 mm-hmm. um, X increase mm-hmm. in revenue. Right. All right. Okay. So we're not talking about hype price increase, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. This is revenue. So again, right. DeFi tokens, what are they? They're uh, future capital assets, right? And what kind of revenue are these capital assets generating? Well, 108 million last quarter. Okay? That was a 26X 26, 26, uh, increase from the previous quarter. Yeah, some of this was from uh, yield farming mania, mm-hmm. blah, 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 you know, et cetera. But that kind of growth is absolutely massive. And it's not—it's going to go down next quarter, but it's not going to go down completely. We're going to have a, 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 you know, a higher low, if mm-hmm. you will. So that means what do we have in DeFi? Well, we have capital assets that are actually producing cash flows. Seems super investable if you're a Wall Street analyst and you're looking at this space. So check out the report, read that. I'm bullish on that. I'm bullish that we've created on-chain capital assets and we're actually seeing them like 108 million in revenue right. in one quarter. Um, like that's, that's on track for half a billion uh,
1: annualized. It's not bad. Ryan, I think you might've jumped the gun on, uh, it's gonna go down next quarter. I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not too sure about that. But okay. I will say that Q3 2020, Looks different than all other cues. Yeah, <laughs> <Community> is different. <laughs>
0: this this is definitely a quarter to remember, and we'll see about that. All right, David, we're at time. Anything else you wanna you wanna leave with with uh, excitement? Anything else you're
1: excited about? Yeah, the the last thing I'm excited about is seeing what happens to the ether price as the execution risk of Ethereum Ooh. 2.0 starts to dwindle right okay. so we are in the very final stages of the test net for phase zero uh, the spinalda test net is up and live which is the uh, the, the mock trial for the deposit contract uh, and we are expecting the deposit contract to get announced any day now and basically what has to happen between now and phase zero um, launching is basically nothing. It just needs to continue as planned, right? So things need to not change in order for phase zero to go live. Uh, and you know, when, when a lot of investors who have always been bearish about ETH2, say ETH2 is never gonna come here, you know, we're gonna start t- you know, tearing down that wall every now and then.
0: Yep, sentiment is going to reverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the common motif is that ETH2 will never ship. Well, what happens when it shifts? Mm-hmm. When it ships, we're about to find out, I, I suppose. we about to find out,
1: that is on the horizon. You David, can see, this,
0: you can almost taste the
1: capitulation.
0: You can almost taste it. Absolutely. And we hope <laughs> you're like enjoying. It tastes like victory. We'll, we'll see though. You know, let's let it launch. But, mm. you know, we're going to celebrate hard Oh yeah, when that launches. Oh, yeah. Um, David, this has been awesome. Our first episode of Roll Ups Round. We hope you're enjoying your Friday morning. We hope this caught you up mm-hmm. on all of the market releases, news, hot takes, and what David and I are personally excited about. So once again, we will release these every Friday morning on YouTube, if you like it in video form, and also on the podcast for audio. Uh, Thanks for joining us. I think we've kept it time. We've done a pretty Mm -hmm. good job. Of course, none of this is financial advice. Uh, This is the journey west, as we've said. Be careful about these DeFi protocols and crypto in general. You could lose what you put in. This is not for everyone, but you're listening because you're on the bankless journey. Thanks for joining us.
1: And also people listening on the podcast, there are plenty of visuals on the YouTube as well. So do know that. Do note that. With that, we're signing off.